0: Azar Foundation for Children of the World supports organizations by providing funding for programs that enrich the lives of women and children through empowerment, health, and education. We proudly support the work of ARCO IRIS America, which has served more than 30,000 homeless children through social programs in Bolivia. For more information, visit our website at Azar the number 4children.org that's a z a r the number 4children.org to find out more about our endeavors remember the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language om shanti at this time. Hello, America Meditating family. Welcome. It's always a good way to put that energy into your day. That letting go meditation, for me, is my all-time favorite. Fields, what's needed, especially in these times. There's so many changes, There's so much anger, hate, and you wonder, what is it feeding in people nowadays? There's competition, jealousy, dislike, but the biggest thing I've noticed that's going on in the world is a lack of trust. There's just no trust. And what can we do to regain that? What can we do to really bring some light into our lives? One of the things that I love to do is to listen to music. Music is a big healer for me. I hope it is for you, too. My guest first picked up his sister's guitar at age 12. Music has taught Gerald Leonard many, many things. The discipline of practice, playing fairly, how to listen, connect with others, but also how to have fun. Today, the conservatory-trained musician is the CEO of the business consultancy, Principal Fusion, a certified minority business enterprise, strategic project portfolio management, and culture change consulting practice, with over 20 years of experience working with large federal and state governments and multinational corporations. Gerald uses lessons for music to help managers understand and motivate their employees, He joins us to discuss why the hallmarks of high-performing employees are nearly identical to those of artists and share how management can tap into their team's natural creativity to keep them engaged, collaborative, and successful. His latest book is entitled Workplace Jazz, How to Improve Nine Steps to Creating High-Performing Agile Project Team. Oh, I can't wait to talk to Gerald Leonard. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. Hi, Gerald.
1: Hi, Sister Jenna. How are you?
0: So glad that you could make it today, and thank you so much for the work you're doing. It's phenomenal.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: You have certainly created a unique approach to accomplishing more productivity in the workplace. I think with so many people working remotely, people are more productive than they've ever been. I've spoken to so many IT techs and their managers are giving them ten times more work than they're accustomed to getting. And I know that for them, when they talk to me, they really are overloaded. But anyway, that's another topic. What do you think has actually made you successful throughout your career integrating business and music? I mean, what inspired you to take such an approach?
1: Well, you know, I think it's my earlier Uh, music training in life, honestly, and just learning how to play the bass and play with a band and support the guitar player and support the drummer and then going to college and doing my bachelor's and master's in music and learning all of the history of music. And as I've gone throughout my adult life and my working life, you know, I've played as a professional musician, and then after having kids and not wanting to be on the road a lot, I switched careers and got into IT. And that's when I started noticing because I kept playing and performing that a lot of the experiences I was having as a musician in small ensembles where I was connecting with musicians, even if I never knew them, even if they were from a different background, spoke a different language, we would connect during the rehearsal. We would connect over the music because we're speaking the same language. And I noticed that on projects that were really successful for major corporations or major federal agencies, It was the same emotion. It was the same vibe. It was the same kind of connection that happened. And everyone was there to help each other, support each other, in tune, focused, and kind of going after the same thing. And that's when I started beginning to kind of have these thoughts of, you know, work and jazz and business and jazz, and that business is actually now becoming like jazz.
0: I love that. Now, is anyone else in your family in the music business, or this is just your opening that's taking place?
1: It's my opening. My dad, who passed away in 2006, could sing really, really well, but he wasn't a musician. And my sister played guitar. (laughs) I tell that story in my TEDx talk in my book. And I had another sister who played piano, but neither of them pursued it professionally. And I was the one that got bitten by the bug of I fell in love with music.
0: Wow! Well, do you remember what that feeling was? I have to tell you, during the pandemic, I've, like, gotten all these instruments, tabla, guitar, <laughs> piano. And, Gerald, I so want to start to do music. And I've tried. I go into the YouTubes. I take five minutes, ten minutes here. Right. But I don't feel my soul is in it yet. And I don't know how to get right. that initiated.
1: Well, I think a part of it for me was start where you are. And if you think about, like as adults, when we try to learn something, we tend to go the academic route. We see the people who already are proficient, and yet we did to realize they've been doing that for years. Now, when a child starts off doing something, they may say all the wrong words, and they may you know, stumble forward in how they're doing things, but they have conversations with experts. They have conversations with their parents, other experts. And that process of enjoying the conversation, even if they're stumbling, they learn to appreciate the language. And music is very much the same way. When I first started learning, you know, I couldn't play and do the things that I can do now, like music or record or play a concerto or anything like that, but I could play some basic notes but some of the folks who brought me in their band were really good and they let me play. And so I was kind of, you know, the younger person playing with, even though some of the guys were my same age, they were much more talented than I was, but they accepted me. And we spoke the same language. And because they accepted me, it allowed me to enjoy the process of learning and it helped me to get better faster because I was communicating with experts.
0: I get that. There's a friend of ours, Dr. Ivy Hilton, and Sometimes when she comes over, she'll just say, sing, Sister Jenna. You can do it. And I'm like, no, I can't. And she says, sing it. And then I start singing, Gerald, and I just feel like, okay, I can do it. It really exactly. does matter when somebody really believes in you and just says, just do it. Music is something that's so healing. The arts is healing, period. How has music improvisation influenced your career as a thought leader, an author
1: when you are learning music you go through the process of kind of learning to play the instrument but when as you start learning to play more sophisticated music whether it's classical or jazz or you know r&b you begin to realize how much you need to really learn the instrument so you have to really know it's kind of like knowing your neighborhood that's a good analogy of it Think about it, when you know your neighborhood and you go for a walk in your neighborhood, you don't have to pull out Google Maps, right? Because you know your neighborhood. You know the little sidewalks. You know who lives where. As you practice and spend time on your instrument, you're kind of getting to know your musical neighborhood so that when you start really playing, you're much more proficient and you're comfortable. Well, what I realized was as a thought leader, as a writer as an author i needed to learn the neighborhood of those crafts as well so i took extra time i took courses i went and found mentors i went and found coaches to kind of teach me the neighborhood of what does it mean to be a thought leader what do thought leaders do how do they stand out as a thought leader how do you position yourself as a thought leader how do you research as a thought leader how do you think as a thought leader as a writer You know, what makes one writer so much better than another writer? How do writers get better? How do they, is it just from taking a writing class or is it something more? Same thing with being an author and what makes a best-selling author compared to just a regular author? And so music has made me curious. It's helped me to fall in love with learning. And I, I consider myself a lifelong learner. And because of that, I'm on this continuous journey to become better at those things I just talked about, thought leadership, writing and being an author and having coaches and really applying that. We all can do the same. You know, you can do the same in your life, which is to dig in and say, okay, just like music has taught me about the neighborhood and about being comfortable and, and about growing, you can do the same thing in your craft and you begin to fall in love because now you really begin to understand it. And so that's what music has done for me. And learning that skill has translated into so many other areas of my life.
0: I bet. Well, you know, one of the things with music, it just opens you up so much to possibilities because you break through boundaries inside yourself and also outside. I mean, that's what music does. Well, look, as a result of the pandemic, there are so many people who are working remotely and they're all taking place via Zoom and other platforms. How do you envision the workplace of the future after we get a handle on COVID-19?
1: I think businesses are going to remain in somewhat of a virtual state, even though they may open back up and bring people back into some of the offices. I think for businesses that are agile in their thinking, and what I mean by that is when the pandemic hit, we were all put in a place where there was ambiguity. We had no idea how this was going to play out. We had no idea that what this was going to look like. And the companies and businesses that stepped back and, you know, circled the wagon with their teams got input and figured out how do we navigate and ride this wave, right? And so it meant, you know, we need to have people working from home. Do we have all the right tools? We need to get the right tools in place. Well, in the future, because of what they've learned, they're realizing that their people are much more productive now when they've reduced the commute. So folks are saving hours in the car because now they get up and they can, you know, jump right on their laptop so they work out or they do whatever their morning routine is, and then they get to work. And sometimes that those lines get blurred, but, you know, businesses are beginning to realize that their employees are a lot more productive and effective and so but the challenge with that is the employees have to learn how to deal with that lack of human contact right and and working virtually and again music can teach us a lot about that because nowadays you know a lot of the musicians that are re-changing their careers are growing their careers have learned how to perform in a virtual world how to build an audience in a virtual world and so it's all about being creative it's all about being, having an agile mindset and thinking from an agile perspective and really taking advantage of all of the mental assets on our teams that we have with us and pulling in that collective of thought to help mm-hmm. us think through what's next, even when we're facing ambiguity. I don't see it going back to where it was.
0: No, me neither. I've been asking a lot of people this question. It's also, I'm just so curious to see, you know, where do we channel our energy? I've been hearing and observing because I'm very intuitive. I find that a lot of us are also finding a kind of a comfort zone that I think can be very dangerous when things Mm -hmm. open up, to be able to find that enthusiasm or that focus or that sense of presence to move life forward. I've been observing there might be like a pretty handful of folks out there who are just going to be blaming and needing a handout, give it to me and not thinking that I have to keep my energies up, I have to keep myself going. What would you recommend to an individual who's listening to this show right now that might be falling into a particular place of like too much comfort, kind of giving up a little bit on dreaming, wishing for more? moving the bar to a higher dimension for them, what would you tell them?
1: Right. I would definitely say that this is probably one of the best times to dream and get a new vision for your life. And that the reality is even though what's happening is that because we're not commuting and we're just busy, when we're busy like that, we're commuting and we're kind of running around, we don't take the time to stop and think. Right, We don't take the time to think. We don't take the time to meditate. We don't take time to pray. We don't take time to center ourselves. And now that we do have, in some ways, that extra time on our hands, we could actually really envision our lives and recreate our lives in our minds. You know, when someone wants to build their dream home, the first thing they do is they think about the dream home, and then they draw up a blueprint. Well, the home is still not built but they've envisioned and they've actually written down a blueprint of the home that they want. We can do that, and they can do that, or you can do that with your life. You can actually envision the life that you want, write out how you want your life to be, and then spend time every day meditating on the life that you want. You will start seeing all the possibilities of how to accomplish that, and that will so motivate you to want to get up and move forward and realize that you do have the ability to control, you know, how you think, what you think, and even what you materially bring into this world. There was a show that you did on thoughts and matter Mm -hmm. and how what you're thinking can produce matter. And so many of us have to realize that our thinking can produce matter. It's something I practice on a daily basis, which is I have a – set of goals that are, you know, five and ten years out, and I write them out, and I spend time every morning visualizing myself living in that present moment of the future. And I can't tell you how many of those goals, even during the pandemic, have actually come true, even though I'm limited in my getting around because of COVID and everything else, I'm still seeing a lot of activity happening. My book coming out. I just produced a song uh, related to the book. I have a course coming out around that. All these things are happening even though it seems like they shouldn't be, but because Mm -hmm. I have a dream and a goal and I'm visualizing that and meditating on that, it's becoming real.
0: I really love that. I've been visualizing a mini retreat center adjacent to where the ashram is here in Virginia. And I'm going to pick that one up again, Joel. Thank you. Appreciate that.
1: You're welcome.
0: So what do you think is poorly understood about the new type of leadership needed, one that sees the organization as a symphony of gifted players and not a room full of worker bees?
1: Right. You know, I think this is really important. In some ways, the pandemic, having everyone to work virtually, and in a lot of ways, force managers to have to trust. And maybe they're struggling through the trusting part because they have no choice because they can't bring people into the office and micromanage them. And so they have to trust that although they're working from home, they're going to get their jobs done. And I'm sure they're figuring out ways to monitor them and so on and so forth. But... On average, I really see that most of the workers in the world are realizing that they need to become experts at what they do. I mean, you think about resources like Fiverr or Upworks. You know, what are people doing there? They're basically saying, here's my skill set. I'm going to hang out my shingles, and I'm a great graphic designer. And they're going to develop their skills, and they want to be a top seller. They want five stars, which means just like a musician – they are practicing their craft. They're learning their instrument and learning their neighborhood. They're becoming experts so that when you engage with someone who's doing that, they're not the normal worker bee that you just kind of mindlessly tell, get over here and do this, produce that, and so on and so forth. If you learn how to engage with them, you can get the most out of them to not only get the work product that they're working on for yourself, but they can enhance your entire business. When you think about when musicians come together, so you have a world-class bass player, a piano player, a drummer, saxophone player, they don't tell each other how to play their instruments. They know that you've come to the rehearsal or to the concert knowing your craft. Now you're treated with respect of being an expert on your instrument and that you're going to contribute, make the music groove. You're going to make the music work. Everybody's going to fall in love with it because you're going to use your talent to for the greater good. And a lot of the workers today are, and they have that temperament as artists, as musicians who have really worked hard to develop this skill, whether it's accounting or bookkeeping or writing or processing, they've become specialists. And if we treat them as such, then we're going to get not only the work product, but they're going to give us feedback, and insights into how to improve our business that we would have never considered as a business owner if we tap into that. If we don't, then they're going to pull back and only give us what we need to get the job done. We would be the losers of that as the owners of a business. And so to get the most out of them, you really have to treat them as an expert and an artist.
0: Beautiful. I understand that your new single, Workplace Jazz, is hitting the music channel's today so tell us a little bit about the single and where we can find it
1: well you can find it on all the music channels and the book has some amazing stories of of jazz musicians like Gerald Beasley and Donald Robinson up in the Philadelphia area Chuck Loeb George Whitney Grover Washington Jr. I even had a section and he's not a jazz musician he's a music composer of Hans Zimmer who's like one of the premier movie composers But what it does, it teaches you about the mindset of these musicians. And so I wanted to write some music that would go along to kind of help, you know, the listener or the reader to understand the concept. And so in writing that, it took me back to a day when I was listening to Angela Bofield. And there was a song that she played, and it had kind of like a Caribbean African theme to it. And I love that song. And so when I was writing my song, I wanted to interject that same kind of a feel of, you know, rhythms, but at the same time a smooth line going across the top of it. And, you know, with, again, all the vision that I've put into it and working with a gentleman named Donald Robinson, who's a Grammy-nominated producer, uh, we were able to get Phil Perry, who's in the R&B Hall of Fame, to sing on it, and a trumpet player named Chris Stevens And they just did an amazing job of just kind of telling this musical story of of workplace jazz. It's a melody, but it also has this rhythmic section where they kind of solo or sing on top of. And it really was the inspiration from the book as well as a lot of the things that I've done in my life. And it was something that I wanted to bring out at the same time that I brought out the book.
0: That's beautiful. Well, congratulations. We're looking forward to it. So as we enter and continue in the year of 2021, what are some tips that you can offer for anyone starting a new job or career?
1: Remain curious and fall in love with learning. You know, at this point in our life, life's going to speed up. Change is going to speed up. Some of the changes that have happened in business over the last year were projected to happen over the next five years. But because of the pandemic, they happened in less than a year. And so business, technology, government processes, you name it, it's all going to speed up. And the only way we can kind of stay in the now is to remain curious and to love learning. And really, I call it just-in-time learning, you know, because Toyota has just-in-time manufacturing. Okay. I, and I think of just-in-time learning where, you know, I'm learning as I'm going. So if I keep myself nimble and agile in my thought process, then I can quickly learn a new skill or a new tool or a new system and move on as if moving along right with the changes. If you don't, then it's going to be really difficult to keep up, and we will find ourselves awash in the tidal wave of dismay because things are not going to slow down.
0: Yes, I agree with you 100%. Well, I want to thank you so much, Gerald, and when we open up the Meditation Museum, I think you're local in the metropolitan area. We'd love to have you come out there and do something with the group and the gang out there.
1: I appreciate it. I look forward to it.
0: Mm -hmm. And all the very best, and to be continued. Is there a place that we can find information about your music, your work, and so on?
1: Yes, the website is workplace-jazz.com. You can find everything about the book, my music, my podcast, my YouTube channel, and about myself.
0: Perfect. Gerald Leonard, thank you so much for joining us on America Meditating Radio.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Beautiful points by Gerald Leonard, everyone, and I hope you took away a lot. I know I did. Definitely. Stay curious and keep wanting to learn. It's a huge tool for everyone, not just this year, for the rest of your life. Great, great advice. So for more information, just look him up and replay our show, and I'm sure you'll be able to get some nice nuggets. As we end each show, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. So we should do that more now. It's the 21st century. My goodness, if we can't love one another more, then when are we going to start, especially at this time? I guess the true lovers are the ones who are capable of loving their enemies. I guess then I can say, I'm a loving person. So let us send our good wishes to everyone out there, whoever you agree with, don't agree with. Appreciate, don't appreciate, but just love them anyway. Thanks for joining us on AM. Don't forget to share your thoughts, your comments, subscribe, like, whatever you do to keep the show going. It's been seven and a half years. We have loved every bit of it. But just remember, we really are all in this together, and we're a global family. We're a global family. We need to have each other's back, and we need to remember there's nothing like love and respect to make the world go round. So let's keep pushing that forward, okay? Here is Kristen Hoffman, Between the Veils. Take care, everyone.